Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our special guest is former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. He's also former director of the CIA, congressman. He's currently Hudson Institute Distinguished Fellow. And I think the more importantly, on your Twitter handle, uh, Secretary, Christian Husband and Father. I don't think you can get three more important things than that, but you're also an Army veteran, Kansan, and a proud American. So thanks for joining us today. It's great to be with you. Thanking, thanks for having me on Respect Life Radio. And and you're you're exactly right. Uh, husband, Christian, father, that that's good. Everything else was just an avocation. Those are the three things that make life special. Well, that's kind of who you are as opposed to what you do, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, look at the world today. You know, you did so many great things when you were in office uh, during the Trump administration. And how how disappointing is it to see all that hard work feel like it's being erased every morning when you get up? So it is quite something to see how far the Biden administration has moved uh, to undo the work that we did. And. You know, I get that they come from a different political party, but the things we did were working. We we had a southern border that was secure. We built out a religious freedom, structural understanding around the world where we promoted human life and dignity. These these were things that were working. We 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 built up four countries that recognized our friend and ally Israel. These were working, and uh, to watch them undo them almost if they are undoing them solely for the reason that it was the uh, Pompeo Secretary of State Trump administration policy is um, is it's not about me being frustrated. It's just not good for the American people. As you mentioned, you're a proud American. You serve this country in various ways. And to see people who I don't want to say that they don't love this country, but their actions don't say that they do love this country. You know, I was jotting down some things. They think our biggest concerns are climate control and white supremacy right? They're pushing critical race theory. They're attacking the First and Second Amendments. We have soaring murder rates. We have lack of support for law enforcement, attacks on children and family. I mean, I could go on. And I mean, if I said that's that's who people are going to elect, you know, a year ago, we said that could never happen. I, I think that's right. I, I don't think they believe that's what they were getting. I think they thought they were getting someone who was a uh, a center-left old-line Washington politician who, who who didn't push any of those things in 40-plus years in the United States Senate. And what they're getting instead is a hard-left agenda that you, you tick through the list. That's just the first five months. You know, nothing really uh, saddened me as much as when I, I saw President Biden go overseas, make his first stop to stand in front of uniformed military personnel, our great soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, and look them in the eye and say the biggest threat to American security is climate change. It, it's it's <laughs> a untrue. It's a untrue. But b, b those are young men and women who went who went and signed up to say, no, I'm going to secure America from our adversaries. I'm going to I'm willing to fight and potentially lose my life in the cause for freedom and for America. And he told them that what they needed to do was really go protest in front of a coal fired power plant. Uh, <laughs> That is that is not that is not the way you treat the men and women who are in our armed services. It's 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 disheartening. It shows, frankly, American weakness as well in a way the Trump administration never would have. 
And that means our adversaries are going to push and push and push. And one of them will do something that will be incredibly harmful to the United States. You know, it's not a matter of if, it's kind of a matter of when. You know, you look at the president, even the president's cognitive ability. Somebody or some group of people have to basically be running this country because there's no way Biden is able to, at this stage of his life, to do what a president needs to do. I hear he tries to go to bed at seven o'clock at night. So who is actually running this country as far as you can tell? Boy, you know, I don't have any true insights into that. I, I know this much. He, he's responsible. And sometimes I think he, right. he allows this speculation to take place because it, it diverts. He says to the vice president, you go to the border or you deal with uh, the fact that hundreds of thousands of people have been killed by the Wuhan virus. President Biden is responsible for every one of the seven or eight ideas you ticked off. Uh, those are his. They're his team's. I think his chief of staff, Ron Klain, has an awful lot of influence. I'm sure that Susan Rice does as well. But in the end, the, the United States of America didn't choose any of those people. The ballot was between President Trump and President Biden. He needs to be held accountable for the things that are happening on his watch. And then there are a lot of things happening on his watch. You look domestically. You can look internationally. I mean, it, it almost seems, if you remember uh, you know, the movie We Were Soldiers, uh, you know, when Hal Moore is standing there and he's looking around and it looks like all hell's breaking loose in the, during the fight and he has to yell broken <laughs> yeah. arrow because he needs all support coming in to really deal with the onslaught at every angle. <laughs> you know, it's so true. I remember that very, very well. A great movie uh, from a phenomenal story uh, and a, a great leader in, in Hal Moore uh, who was fearless. And, you know, it's why I'm working so hard. I know we'll talk about Cap Beck, but it's the reason... Uh, I know that we need to give President Biden just as short a runway as we can, make sure that we get Christian, conservative people who understand our founding to take up the cudgel, to run for city council, for school board, or become uh, part of the uh, school boards, right? uh, sheriff's offices, and, and run for Congress. We need to take back these places where uh, the ruling class has now moved far to the left and ensure that the, the way of life that we want, right? Uh, not crazy, just raising our families, living our lives, being with friends, being in fellowship with our fellow believers. Those are the things we want to make sure we can continue to do. And when these folks are in charge, that is at an, an, an enormous risk. I've, I've joked about the fact that, you know, I met with the Taliban, I met with Chairman Kim, but nothing frightens me more than what's <laughs> happening in our schools today. We, we truly have to get our hands around this because they are educating a next generation that we are a racist nation. And that, uh, that will fundamentally put at risk our republic. Well, I mean, and that's, you know, the bottom line. I mean, you know, we used to think that, you know, we kind of had the the high moral ground here in the United States, but the current administration is basically flushing that down the toilet with, you know, abortion at any time, right? Getting rid of the Hyde Amendment, the transgender ideology, the, the attacks on religious liberty. You mentioned the indoctrination of our children. I mean, Really, and you mentioned it, you said Christian, right? We, the current administration has forgotten who Christ is. And in the end, that's always a really bad thing. Remember, the, our, our founders understood that this republic only stands when people of character and virtue are stepping out. We have a deeply Judeo Christian tradition. Uh, we have the right for everyone to practice their faith in the way they want to. If we don't protect and defend those things, with, if we allow taxpayer dollars, which they are going to allow, 
to be part of our foreign aid system so that abortions can be conducted around the world, we are undermining that very moral authority that you were speaking about. Our our ability to, to have that moral authority and to witness around the world will be diminished. That's not the America that I, I know most people want. And we need to make sure that we get people stepping up in every walk of life at PTA meetings, uh, at their rodeo, in their home county, wherever it is, being out there, being with their community and leading forward. Well, I'm sure you're seeing the same things, right? At school board meeting after school board meeting, we're seeing parents who are just fed up. And it's really, I think the critical theory has really pushed them over the edge. I mean, the transgender ideology has been going on for a while, but now that that cocktail has gotten parents really hot and it's great to see, isn't it? It is. It's right to see. Look, it's, this is about their children. They, they, every parent sacrifices enormously for their, for their children. This is, this is the, their job. This is their role. This is what Christ taught us about how to raise our families. And, and so when they see their children being taught things at their school, at these government run schools, they're not about to stand by and let it happen. It is hardening to see people. And then you've seen it, right? You've seen the clips. These are people from every background of every ethnicity, of every race, men and women, both coming together to say, we're going to protect our children. We're going to take care of our families. and We're going to stop this nonsense in our schools. You know, one thing I want to ask, you know, I, I mean, obviously I think China is by far our greatest threat, but you know, you have Iran. I mean, we have a lot of issues out there. How did, when you went into these meetings with these countries and let's, let's face it, the Chinese government is evil, right? It's, it, it has gotten rid of uh, any faith component whatsoever. It's, you know, whether it's the Uyghurs or whatever it's doing to its people. How do you go in even thinking you can negotiate like the current administration is with an atheistic, evil government? I mean, how does that work? How can you even live in that kind of fantasy? Land? So you, you have to show up with uh, an agenda that is backed by the president of the United States that makes clear that you're asking them to do things that preserve American interests, that you put America first and communicate to them that you are going to impose real costs on them. I, I think with the Chinese of the sanctions we put on their leadership for uh, taking on uh, the, the denial of freedom for Christians in China, I think of the work we did against the Chinese leadership when they destroyed their promises in Hong Kong. I think of the work that President Trump did to impose real costs on the Chinese economy connected to protecting American jobs here at home with trying to get a, a reciprocal, fair, balanced trade relationship with the Chinese. It, it's not about the meeting. You have to make sure that you don't walk in there thinking, boy, you're going to convince them because you're charming, elegant, or smart. That is not the case. You, you, you have to, you, whether you are or not, you, you're going to walk in there and you're going to change their behavior because you're going to make clear that America is going to deter violence and the threats that are physical and kinetic in nature. And we're going to impose costs for the things that matter to us, including protecting our own people and our economy. Well, unfortunately, we've seen that that's not the mindset that they currently are operating under. Right. I mean, when you were secretary of state, you had Iran was going on. You had John Kerry talking to Iran about other things that, you know, was ridiculous, kind of giving them inside information. Um, And this is the administration that thinks, you know, all those sanctions you put on Iran you know, eh, they're not that big a deal. Let's just take them off because we can negotiate in good faith with these knuckleheads. Uh, I, it is in, unexplainable to me uh, how this administration is handling the regime in Iran. Since 1979, we've known who they are. These are thugs, theocrats, revolutionary, ideologically driven leaders 
they aren't about to change their stripes so long as they can continue to be maintain their behavior and stay in power. And we saw they picked a fellow, a fellow named Ibrahim Raisi, to be their next president. He's 60 years old. He could be the president for 20 or 30 more years. He has the blood of thousands of Iranian people on his hands. And we sanctioned him for that activity. And it looks like this administration is thinking about lifting those sanctions on him personally, all for some ephemeral ID to delay their nuclear program by what is in history, a blip, a moment in time. And that puts our friends, our closest ally in the Middle East, our Israeli friends at real risk. It may force them to actually take action. That would be dangerous. And if you're if you're the Saudis or the Emiratis or the Bahrainis and you see Iran with a clear pathway to a nuclear weapon, whether that be in five or 10 or 15 years, you too may well want to proliferate nuclear weapons inside your own country to protect your own people from these Shia revolutionary ideologues. It is really dangerous what the administration is doing in Iran. I hope they will realize that we put real pressure on that regime. We supported the Iranian people, good, smart, capable people inside of Iran who want nothing more than to throw off the yoke of this tyranny. They've got the wrong end of the stick. It is dangerous for Israel. It's dangerous for America, too. Look, it's dangerous for everybody. I totally agree. I mean, when you look at it, as you mentioned, it's dangerous for Iran, it's dangerous for Israel, but it is dangerous for America. I mean, this is what we're called to do to try to help create peace in our world, and that's not what's happening. We have a current administration that is trying to provoke even more of these type of attacks, not only against Israel, but it's going to be against other people as well if we continue to funnel money to Iran and try to pacify them. The, the Iranian rockets that were raining into Israel, we've seen, right, the anti-Semites come out in full force in this country attacking Jews. It is the kind of hatred and anger towards Israel that I've never seen before when you guys did all these peace deals with those Arab nations. Remember, Secretary Kerry told us that if we made peace with the Arab states, that there would be war. It made no sense at the time, and now we can prove it was wrong. We built out the Abraham Accords for nations, recognizing just the basic right of Israel to exist, something they hadn't done in decades and decades. Really, I'm really proud of that work because it'll it'll keep Americans safe for too few of our young kids. They'll have to go fight and risk their lives in the Middle East. And to watch the Biden administration undo that, to cozy up to the Iranians at the expense of our Jewish friends in Israel is truly dangerous. Yeah, it, it's it's sad to see, but unfortunately, it's uh, the world we live in. And I think, you know, it kind of brings us, and you had mentioned it earlier, you know, you've, you've started this CAV pack, right? What is it and, and how is that designed to help change the tide in here in the United States? So CAV pack uh, is a nod to my time in the cavalry. I was a young soldier, a cavalry officer a couple of decades back. In the Army, the cavalry sounds the alarm and then rides to the sound of the guns. And that's what CAFPAC's going to do. We want to talk to the American people about all of these risks that we've spent a few minutes on today and, and help them understand how they can make a difference, how they can push back. We're starting to see that happen. And CAFPAC's going to be a, a big part of that. Uh, we're going to help good candidates all across America make sure they have the resources, not only the money, but all of the resources they need to be successful at winning, whether that is to run for county sheriff or for uh, that be the register of deeds for a state or a county. All of these matter. They can impact every one of our families. And so CAFPAC is going to go drive this message. I'm traveling. I'll be in Texas, then out in California, 
on Thursday and Friday of this week, helping candidates all across the board who have character, integrity, and these conservative principles, helping them ultimately be successful so we can we can get the revival in the United States that it so desperately needs. One of your taglines is looking for a pipe hitter. Can you explain what that is to people? I really enjoyed reading about that. Yeah, so there was a fellow who was a senior guy at CIA who uh, worked closely with me, and we were working on uh, personnel issues. And he is a former Special Forces operator, and I asked him about somebody, and he said, yeah, she's a pipe hitter. You know, that's all he needed to say. What, he, what did he mean? He, she was a pipe hitter. She gets stuff done. She works hard. She cares about America. She's not going to let a speed bump look like a mountain. She's going to go out there and make it happen and deliver on behalf of America. And, you know, I'd ask you about someone else, and he'd say, not a pipe hitter. We, we, need, we need people out there working, being pipe hitters, getting stuff done, making it happen on behalf of the United States. When we do, I'm optimistic. We're, we're going to get this right here in America. Again, it is time for this. And I, I see it every place I travel where people are highly energized to go out and, and spend some time working on these things they care about so that they can then go back to what they love, their families, their church life, all of those things that really inform who we are. Well, Secretary, you're the pipe hitter, right? I mean, look at your model of service that you've done for this country in a variety of ways. You love America. You didn't leave office and say, get me my slippers and my pipe. You're out there pounding the pavement. I, I follow you on Twitter. I see your interviews. I mean, you are if if people aren't paying attention to what you're doing, they're missing out on on a revival that will change this country. Well, bless you. It is my wife and I both believe this matters. We've been working on this project. We're not about to give up at this point. We're going to stay in this fight. We need people to join the fight alongside us. I know we'll find them. And thank you. Thank you for what you do as part of your show, too. It's an important part of communicating the things that matter so much, human dignity and life. And, and these issues are at the center of what makes our country so great. So I just have a couple more questions. I know you have a lot going on, but domestically, right, we have Antifa, Black Lives Matter, you know, we have memorializing George Floyd. I mean, what happened to him was terrible, but to memorialize that guy is ridiculous. The attacks on uh, religious liberty, critical race theory, right? Anti-police rhetoric. We just had a shooting in Arvada, Colorado, for somebody who was just waiting to shoot a police officer because he's so angry. I mean, there's a lot of work to be done domestically, as there is internationally, isn't there? Oh my goodness, yes. Uh, no, the 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 real fight, the real challenge is here at home. We, we must get this right. Every one of those things, or maybe not all, but nearly everything you identified there, they're all connected. They come from a worldview that is secular. They, they, come from a, they come from a worldview that views somehow America as not special or not important on the global stage. They come, they come from a worldview that says we want big government to provide the support for people's lives. That's, that's antithetical to everything we know to be true and everything that we love and that makes us all so special. So those are connected set of issues, and we have to go tear them down by being strong and tough and logical and making the case. And when we do, I'm convinced we will find the vast majority of Americans can see that this stuff is just crazy and we're going to get America back to a much better place. Well, we just had the governor of Florida. I mean, it's, it's crazy that he even had to do this to say that when they teach kids at school, they have to, they're going to teach them <laughs> that Marxism is evil. I mean, that we're that we're in a state where we actually have to say that is is if we'd have talked about this ten years ago, we said no way. It's crazy. Um, I, you know, I worry about it in my home state in Kansas. 
Um, it's everywhere. We have a Democrat governor there. We need to make sure that that's short run too. Uh, all of these yep. places where this work needs to be done to push back on things that your your point is well taken. I, I think it's moved so far so fast that maybe it caught a few people by surprise. They're waking up. I think America is waking up. And I, I think this the, the opportunity for us all to go out and work hard in these next 18 months and begin the process of retaking and rebuilding and reviving this nation is, is entirely possible and achievable in that period of time. All right. We're winding down, but I do really want to ask you, how does your relationship with Jesus Christ motivate you each and every day to do what you're doing? Goodness, uh, every day, right? My, my faith informs everything that I do. I take a, at least a few minutes every day to dip into the word. Uh, it is important to me because it reminds me, it reminds me that if I've had a bad day or somebody said something I didn't like, or, I, or frankly, we just had something not work, that there's a there's a there's a bigger world. There is a bigger cause. There is a bigger motivation. There's something far more important than what we are doing here. And to uh, be able to turn to him and say, this is where I turn for guidance. This is how I I, I reinforce that I'm headed in the right direction, doing his work, literally the Lord's work each and every day. Well, and the good news is Jesus won the war. These are just little side battles that we have to fight. And, you know, on kind of closing my last question, there was just a poll done at the Western Conservative Summit, you know, through prayer. I mean, if the Lord asked you to run for president, is that I mean, are you open to doing that? <laughs> you know, I, I'm so focused on the near term, but in time, there will be a moment to uh, to turn to that. And when we do that, when Susan and I do that, we will certainly do it in prayer. We will. We will surrender ourselves to his guidance. We will ask him to help us understand if this is the calling. And uh, in, in in a few months, we'll we'll be at that place. And then we'll, uh, we'll have an announcement uh, about what our plans are. But know this, whatever place, whatever role, we're going to stay in this fight. It, it matters too terribly much. So how can people follow what you're doing? Secretary, I mean, I know so the two, on the two on best media. yeah, the two best places are there. So the best place to sort of track me is at Mike Pompeo. That's my Twitter handle. And then if you go to CavPack.com, you'll also see all the action that CavPacks engage in. You can troll around. You can become a pipe hitter on our part of our team. Would love to have every one of your listeners do that. So for people who are a little despondent right now, just a word of encouragement before we sign off just to let them know that the battle ain't over yet and that there are still victories to be won, right? Oh, it's not close. This is the greatest nation in history. We have a long way to go. Neither the Chinese Communist Party nor the Russians can impact that if we take up the cudgel and do our work. And uh, the the leftist leadership can't do that either. The, the, the Lord is watching America. We need to remain faithful. We need to work hard. We need to tell the truth. And if we do, the, do those three things, Things will turn out. Things will turn out in a way that he directs, and America will re remain uh, the rightful leader in the world. Well, Secretary, thank you again for your time. I appreciate all you're doing. People do need to follow what you're doing because you're one of the few people who are telling the truth about what's going on out there. If they're following the media, they're going to be led astray. So God bless you and your family. Thank and, you. Uh, God thanks bless for you all too. you're doing. What a gift to have Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State of the United States, on our show today. But I think it's a reminder to each and every one of us of how dangerous this world actually is. And if we don't have the right leadership, 
then that danger just continues to grow and grow and grow. And eventually it's going to come and bite us. I mean, just recently I saw an article, just if we're talking domestically, almost 40% of the people that were interviewed that live in San Francisco want to move out of San Francisco in the la- in, within the next year. I mean, city after city in these United States, the murder rate is up, the crime rate is up, and people are looking to get out. I mean, we could be talking Chicago, we can be talking Baltimore, we're talking New York, we're talking San Francisco, and I could go on and on and on. It is so imperative that we elect people that can deal with these issues. The other reminder is these, uh, the government is not our religion. The government is not here to love us, to lead us closer to Christ as, as much as we would like it to, right? That is what our relationship with Jesus Christ do. We develop our relationship with Jesus Christ. The political end of it, our government is designed to protect us, is designed to make our life a little bit easier, but it's not designed to love us and it's not designed to take care of us. But there is plenty for it to take care of us for. I mean, I just mentioned some of the issues going on domestically. And then you got Antifa, you got Black Lives Matter, you have all kind of anarchy reigning in our world. And you've listened to our shows and we've covered these over and over and over again. It's important that we understand what's happening, why it's happening, and what we need to do to make these things lessen and go away so our world is safer, our country is safer, and people take pride in being an American. That's part of our problem. But internationally, as we talked about with Secretary Pompeo, it's a train wreck. We have China, we have Russia, we have Iran, we have North Korea, and we're not standing up to these people. We haven't in the past. We started to do better in the last four years, but now we're slipping right back to where we were before. And these powers, these evil powers are looking at us and seeing weakness. And when they see weakness, that means our young men and women are going to die trying to defend this country. So we need to make sure that we understand that elections have consequences, that we are fully prepared to do what it takes to live faithful lives, to lead people to Christ and to change the trajectory of our world. If you like the content of these shows that we produce on a weekly basis, please prayerfully consider supporting us. Go to ccdenver.org, click on the donate button, and then click on Respect Life Denver to support this programming. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.